Get ready for the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in. It is another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Talking District 4 athletics week in, week out in the state of Idaho. My name is Brandon Bainey, and we are joined by our District 4 expert, Bill the Bus Man. Yo, what's what's up? The wheels on the bus go round and round, huh? Oh, the wheels on the bus dang near fell off. Uh, I'm the bus man today because we've got a group of kids. You know that speech team I keep talking about? Yeah. Um, we leave for state tomorrow, Coeur d'Alene, 8.30 leave, big old send-off with the school, with the band and the cheerleaders and marching down the hallways. We do it really cool here at Jerome's. We have all these state send-offs for teams. And then we were just going to walk right out to the bus, get on it, and, and off we go. And we do that for every sports team, every academic team, everything that goes to state, we do it for. So everything is in order. I've got the hotels lined up. I've got everything. And come to find out this morning, we don't have a bus. Uh, the bus broke. And so now we're scrambling. And this is all I have been doing all day long is trying to find us a bus to take us to Coeur d'Alene. And we, I, I, it was pretty much almost to the point where um, we were going to have to either hitchhike um, or we were going to have to uh, charter a, a Greyhound or, or just take a Greyhound, <laughs> you know, um, or f- figure something out. I don't know. It was a, an absolute nightmare of a day. And we, we finally got it done. But uh, holy cow, the headache of doing all this. It took me from 8 o'clock this morning till... Oh, I finished about, well, the call I was on when you texted me was wrapping that up. So I am Bill the bus man today. All right. Well, Bill the bus man, of course, is Scott Burton, our uh, IdahoSports.com broadcaster in District 4. He's also the athletic director at Jerome High and the head coach for the Jerome High speech team. And so let's talk about this bus thing for a second, because you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of way back in September on the Magic Valley PrepCast. We had a guest on. We had Coach Evans from the Raft River football team, and they were making a long trip up to Kamii, and they ran into bus problems. And he came on and talked about, you know, we talked to Weezer because we were right by Weezer, and they said maybe there was a bus to use. We talked to Oakley, our biggest, most hated rival, and they said, you guys can hop on our bus if you need to. We're going the same direction. So it's kind of come full circle here. Yeah, you know what? And you're absolutely right. We were almost to that point where we're calling some other schools and do you have any room? And we may have been putting half our team on this bus and half of our team on this bus, you know, just to get them there. And um, I mean, there's no way you can take a yellow dog uh, all the way to Coeur d'Alene. You know, you, you can't pack, you know, 32 people on a bus with all their luggage all their display stuff for presentations and drive eight hours on a yellow school bus it just isn't going to happen. I mean, we, I mean, even if we were able to cram in there like sardines, we would be some grumpy, grumpy people by the time we got to our destination. And so uh, it, it, it has been a process, but you, but you're right. Sometimes these things happen that are out of your control because if something breaks, it all of a sudden becomes your problem and you better figure it out real quick. And, and we did. And so we had some good people step up from other companies, other bus companies uh, that, that took care of us, thankfully. Yeah. 
Well, I'm glad to see you were able to uh, find transportation. And speaking of things that are beyond our control, Mother Nature has been rearing her ugly head all spring long. We're finally to the point now where it's mellowed out, and I think we're actually into spring. Most facilities have dried out, and we should be able to go uninterrupted with the occasional maybe rain out, but that's not as bad as snow. Um, but with that, we we kind of floated this idea out there last week. There's been there's been uh, some East Idaho people over where I live that have been talking about why can't we move the spring sports season back a week or two, and then maybe we're not running into this late winter weather type of problems. Uh, specifically, the Highland baseball team was talking about this. They finally got to practice outside for the first time this week, and they finally got to host their first home game after 13 games at other people's places. So that was good. Um, but I asked you to, to reach out to some, some people in the magic magic Valley to see um, what they thought and, and what the, uh, the word was over there, because over here in East Idaho, people are sick of it. <laughs> I'll tell you that yeah. much. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, and it's an interesting question too, because there are so many things that accompany this discussion. Um, and there, there are teams in Eastern Idaho. There's going to be teams in, the Wood River Valley that uh, may not ever get a home game this year or a home event on their property because um, those places are still covered with snow. You know, you showed your picture what last week? Yeah, was it last week. I mean, how how is that right now? Still it, snowy, it, right? Well, it's 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 all melted away mostly. So. Oh wow. Okay. Incredibly so enough. Yeah. So Eastern Idaho is coming out of it a little bit. Um, northern the Northern Wood River Valley is still in it. They still can't do anything. Um, and so I talked to, you know, um, Kevin Stilling at Wood River and, and uh, Richard Whitelaw at the community school just to kind of, what are they doing still? You know, and here we are mid-April and they are not outside. I mean, at the community school, track is, you know, training at the Wood River Middle School. Golf is using simulators uh, at the Sun Valley uh, course and the Valley Club. So they haven't been anywhere. You know, they've played four away matches for tennis because their courts are still covered in snow. Um, and they're supposed to host district golf and tennis, but they're going to probably have to move all that. You know, so it is still a problem and they're trying to deal with it. You know, and, and the thing about, you know, that that particular region is they got a lot of these kids that are competitive skiers, too. And so they have that little thing to work with. And, you know, Wood River, Wood River's interesting because they don't finish school until June 8th. And so the big argument, which we'll get to in a minute about this is how far can you push them back? Well, to Wood River, it really wouldn't matter anyway, because you wouldn't affect graduation, whatever, whatever. But, uh, you know, um, they are, um, would be already out of school, but, but Ke I, I told Kevin that I would say this, um, that, uh, quote, for us up here in the wintry north fighting off Elsa's frozen eternal winter, a late start to spring sports would be a welcome change. We wouldn't have to dig through the layer of frozen tundra to find the long jump pits, pitchers, mounds, and etc. And he was pretty proud that he used uh, a couple of frozen references. <laughs> and, and I said, all right, Kevin, I'll, I'll make sure and read that. Uh, and so, so there you go. But, but some of the arguments that came up, and I would be really interested to see what the rationale behind this original idea would be, because what you're going to run into with this is a lot of problems, un unless they somehow fix it. Number one, 
you are going to compact your seasons into a smaller time frame. And what is that going to do to pitching arms? You know, um, what's that going to do to, you know, those kinds of things, right? Second thing, and well, and plus on top of that, what is that going to do for, you know, the school? Because you're getting classroom, you're getting out of class during that particular time, all the time, because you're jam packing it all into a smaller segment, right? Well, the other thing that you have to deal with is graduation. You know, how, how far can you push it back? Because right now, the state tournaments are the weekend right before most people graduate, you know? And so how far can you push that back? And, and some are going to say, well, you push it back into after graduation. You know, you can still play. You don't have state after graduation. Well, how's that going to work? Because what if you have a kid, a senior that's graduated and then is still playing and then has some sort of massive code of conduct violation, does something wrong, how are you going to punish them? You know, I mean, you're running into a lot of different scenarios here that you really have to account for uh, if you want to push that back. Now, I, I don't think anybody would argue that the weather is awful. It sucks. There's no way around it. But it might be something that we just have to deal with um, unless we want to shorten the amount of games that we play in the spring. You know, but there's a lot to this argument that has to be worked out and discussed. And most people that I talked to, they they didn't see how it was going to work. Yeah, it, it sounds like the snag is that you're you're trying to take what is currently a what 14 week season and you're taking it to 12. Let's say, mm -hmm. um, could could we move? the other seasons back and adjust all the way back to the start of the year, make fall sports, not so long. It's the longest one mm -hmm. um, and shorten it up there. Well, even if you did, when would you start spring sports? You know um, because the weather just typically does not turn until later, you know? And so really, if you're, if you're, if anything were possible and you were looking at the perfect, perfect scenario, it's like right now we have got our summer break, June, July, and August. Well, what if we just pushed everything later start? Like school started in not the end of August, but maybe the end of September. And then we got out in the end of June. And so our summer was July, August, September. Three of the best months ever, right? But, okay, so sounds great for spring sports, but what does that do to fall sports now? Because if you start when the school starts, then all of a sudden you've got your two-month October, November football season. And we know what November can be like as well. So I don't know if there is a perfect answer to this question or not. Um, but it certainly is an argument that people are starting to have after going through what we saw here in Idaho. And typically in Idaho, we are going to cancel games. I mean, there's no question. We are going to have th these things. But what we went through this year was unprecedented. And because of that, it's got people talking. For sure. And then the other point I was going to make real quick is about um, you talked about building pitchers up and, you know, how, how are you going to ramp that up? Some of these guys aren't, I mean, because of the overlap in the sports, some of them are playing basketball or wrestling as mm -hmm. the season is starting, right? So they're, they're already having to simultaneously juggle spring sport practice and still competing at state and the I, the schools i've talked to 
in spring sports basically say, yeah, we count their winter activity as a practice. They don't actually have to come to practice, right? If they're on the basketball team. We're counting those as, as practices. Yeah. That's no, and that's, yeah, that is correct. So if you've got a kid that is spilling over into a season because you've got to have your 10 practices in before you're eligible to play. But if you're doing that situation, yeah, those, those, practices or things are going to count towards your spring because that's not the fault of the kid to punish him because their team did really well in basketball or football or whatever it was. Um, so if you look at the bigger picture of this argument, the, the only thing that, that I see is even doable is if every season, fall, winter sports, everything got shortened. And if, if that were the case, then you could afford to move something back um, to a later start date. But what you do with one thing is going to affect the other. And I think that's what people need to understand if they're going to have this argument. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if anything official gets drawn up, proposed, nothing. It's all kind of unofficial talk right now, but I thought mm -hmm. it was an interesting topic. Oh, sure it is. Uh, worth exploring at least. So. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I don't think we've heard the end of it either. Yeah, might be something to keep an eye out for on the uh, meeting agendas for the IHSAA moving forward. So uh, we'll keep moving forward. Actually, we're going to move backwards. We're going to take a look back at what happened last week. A couple of noteworthy events. Um, two really big Magic Valley tournaments took place. Um, the annual Lady Dog Classic that's hosted by Kimberly. Um that's a softball tournament. And then you had the Buell midseason classic hosted by the Buell baseball team. And there was a lot of good three, a and two, a baseball teams that were in the magic Valley last week competing and Buell themselves did really well. They went three and one. Their only mm -hmm. loss was to a really good sugar Salem team. And don't look now, but Buell baseball is eight and one and one. What a great start for the Indians. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to get excited about for head coach, Brandon Craner. And uh, the Tribe baseball team is, you know, they are really off to a hot start. And this uh, midseason classic, I mean, is really a nice barometer for a team like Buell to see where they are stacking up against some of the better teams, you know, from the eastern part of the state. And for the eastern part of the state, yeah, it's nice to see dirt, you know. So it's, it's really kind of one of those things to where everybody's benefiting from it. Great baseball. Um, eight teams were there you know, including Buell and Kimberly, what river came down because they don't have any field right now. Uh, Teton, South Fremont, Sugar, American Falls, Bear Lake. And if you look at that list of teams, most of them are without a field right now. And so this was a, a welcome uh, event for them. And uh, it was the 28th annual um, mid-season classic. So, I mean, this thing has been going on. It's one of Idaho's really longest tournaments. Um, and it was sponsored by BSN sports. So they, I mean, they even have an underwriter for it and it was played um, at Buell high school and at Kimberly high school. And so, you know, big props to, you know, uh, Stacy Wilson from Buell, their AD and Zach Dong from Kimberly for their work in putting that together as well. But uh, Wood River wins the tournament. They went four and oh, Kimberly also went four and oh, but the tiebreaker was kind of the run differential. Uh, or the scoring of runs, or however they did it, but that allowed Wood River to win it. And like you said, Buell finishing three and one. And um, an interesting little side note from from all of this too is we talked about this being the 28th tournament, the midseason classic. Um, Buell and Bear Lake are the two teams that have played in every single one of them. 
And um, even better, uh, Craig Culver, the head coach from Bear Lake, all 28 times. Really? Yeah. So go figure that one out. That that's that's a pretty cool little nugget right there. But uh, very successful, and they they couldn't be happier. And then I know it takes a lot of volunteers too. It's not just Buell and Kimberly High Schools. The parent the parents of the, those baseball programs end up doing a lot cleanup, picking up trash, running the concession stands, all of those small things, getting the field ready. Right. It takes yeah. a lot of people to prep the field in between games. Right. Yeah, no, it certainly does. And you've got to have your your team on call. So, I mean, like most of the time in these situations, you know, the home team is the one that's prepping the field. And we, we see it at the state tournament. You know, it's it's one of those things. I mean, softball and baseball, especially baseball, I mean, it's a different animal, a completely different animal. And usually in these situations, if let's say Wood River and Kim or Wood River and Teton are playing on Buell's field, Buell's out there prepping, you know, stamping, you know, dragging, painting, doing all the stuff for these two teams to play. And then when they're done, that Buell team is out there one more time. I mean, they're taking care of the field and trying to play a tournament. Now, a lot of times you get your JV kids involved in this, you know, um, so the varsity can't <laughs> be, you know, extending themselves too thin. But yeah, so you need people to step up and you've got parents that are stepping up, um, the, the volunteers for, you know, all of the, the concessions and the tickets. And, and it's a lot of organization because it's not like you have one game to prepare for. You know, as I organize my game help, if I have one game, I can, I can manage. But when I've got all day and a couple of days to account for, I need people to help to step up and, and do something. And, you know, Coach Craner was like, hats off to our parents and our community and everybody else because they really helped make it happen. Yeah, it was really cool to see uh, everyone come together and, and compete. And, you know, in that baseball conference at the 3A level, it kind of looks like, at least early, Kimberly Buell kind of on a collision course. Kimberly has kind of been the leader the last couple of years. They're off to a 10 and 2 start. They're 3 and 0 in league play. Buell, 8 and 1 and 1, as we said, also 3 and 0 in league play. They don't get to face each other until like the very end. Here we're, we're going to see them next week. They'll play twice. Uh, actually, yeah, next Thursday they'll play twice in Buell, and then the following Wednesday they'll play in Kimberly. And the, and that little three-game series could decide who gets the regular season title and the number one seed at districts. Yeah, absolutely. And so you know it, it could not have happened at a better time because you know you think about playing these conference games early in this spring season. You know you're not really getting the the team that's going to even resemble what you have mid-season or at the end of the season. So these conference games become super important. And if you can get them after you've got a groove going, the weather's kind of equaled out a little bit, then, you know, you, you get a really good indication of where you stand. But, you know, we've seen some of these teams not going back, not taking the whole conversation back to the weather, but play some early conference games and it's in 40 mile an hour winds and it's, you know, a uh, left-handed pitcher with a 40 mile an hour wind coming in from the right, you can't get any break on your ball is, I mean, it's just, it's not baseball. Right. Um, but now with these conference games happening where they're at, it more resembles baseball. If that made any sense. Yes. Yes, for sure. <laughs> um, I haven't seen the official state bracket yet and how many bids last year, this, this district got one and a half 
Filer lost a play-in game to Snake River. Um, could be something similar this year. We could see both teams at state competing. That would be really fun uh, to yeah. see there on the baseball circuit. And so uh, wrapping up our baseball conversation, one of my favorite tournaments of the year is coming up this weekend in the Magic Valley. More of a 2A, 1A affair, but it's in Glens Ferry, the annual Glens Ferry Wood Bat Tournament. That's always a good time, yeah. too. Oh, you know, I tell you what, if you, anybody that's ever played baseball or grew up playing baseball and it, those wood bat tournaments are so much fun. Uh, and it doesn't sound like it's a big deal to the non-baseball guy, but I mean, I was a baseball guy. I had played in college and and we played some wood bat tournaments just, you know, for the heck of it. And oh man, how how fun is that? And and I'll tell you from a pitcher standpoint, uh, it's 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 a lot more um, a lot more calming to see a hitter with a wooden bat than these aluminum bats that are just throwing rockets right back at you. Um, but man, it is so much fun because you have to play it a little bit differently. The, the, obviously the, the distance, the ball travels is going to be a little bit different. Um, you know, the spin's going to be a little bit different. The hops are going to be just a little bit different, you know, but, um, it, it is a ton of fun and, and, and becoming very, very popular. Yes. So uh, Glens Ferry and Wendell will both host games at that Glens Ferry Woodbat tournament this weekend. And the Glens Ferry softball team is hosting their annual tournament as well. So Glens Ferry is going to be the hot spot uh, this week in the Magic Valley. And what, what an opportunity for Glens Ferry to showcase uh, their great facilities there. We're, we're excited for that. Speaking of softball and facilities, Jerome has a brand new field they're playing on. Haven't been able to use it much, but... <laughs> Finally, last yeah. last Saturday, Jerome gets a home game. Big ribbon cutting ceremony as well. Very exciting time for Jerome High. Yeah, you know what? It's now that the weather has regulated a little bit. We're starting to get um, some games and some fans, and that was the thing because we played our first game was over spring break, I believe. But nobody's coming because the weather's so awful that it, we we couldn't do anything then. So we wanted to wait until the weather kind of regulated. And um, last Friday we had the big ribbon cutting and, but it was also the exact same time we were running our big Tim Dunn track meet uh, here at Jerome as well. And so this place was an absolute chaos. And, and I'm up on the mic at the track meet um, running that whole show and calling every race like a horse race. Um, and so I'm, I'm trying to get out of there to get down to the ribbon cutting uh, because all of our, our team is there. We brought some people down from Dick's Sporting Goods um, because they're the ones that got this whole thing started. And uh, so, I mean, it was a big deal. And the news media was out there and, and it was just an, an official welcome to our softball facility that we've never, ever had before in, in the history of Jerome, as far as I know. And it's nice to bring them home. And it was so cool. And the field has turned out so well. We've gotten so many compliments on it. Um, and the girls just love it. They can walk out of the school and step foot right on their field. And so it was a big thing. It was, it was, it was a really big deal. Yeah. Because in the past, were, were you off campus? Was it a city park yeah. you were at? Yeah, we, we were playing on uh, recreation fields run by our local rec department who um, many, many kudos to them. They really took care of us. I mean, they were amazing to work with. And I mean, there is no complaints working with 
uh, the people from the Jerome Rec District because, man, they were awesome. Um, but the problem that we were having is that, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't, we couldn't charge a gate to any of these events that were taking place because we couldn't control the environment. And so, you know, here we are trying to fund a softball team with no income, you know, and we're paying for umpires, um, some equipment, uh, entry fees to tournaments, you know, the laundry list goes on, but we have absolutely no revenue from it. And there was nothing that we could do. And plus on top of that, there's something about bringing your sports back on campus and being home. And so we were able to accomplish those two things and, um, charge a gate to where we can actually pay our umpires and not go in the hole too much, you know, thanks to the people at Dick Sporting Goods that stepped up and, and, uh, that whole thing experience was, was amazing, um, going through that process. Um, but the funny thing about that too, was that when, and, and I think we talked about it, didn't we, where the grant that we got from Dick's helped fund, fund the softball field. Um, basically the cliff notes version of it is that, our head coach, uh, Lyle Huddleston, applied for this little grant for some equipment. It was probably, I think, in the neighborhood of like fifteen, twenty thousand dollars, you know, just to to re-equip our programs. And so, some people from Dix came down and fell in love with the team, fell in love with the town, um, fell in love with everything Jerome. Um, our our just our mantra, our our people, and they turned around and said, "All right, well, we're not going to give you twenty grand. We're going to give you a hundred grand." go build your field of dreams. And we're like, oh, and everybody freaks out. And, and, and this was just after COVID too. And we were in the middle of, if you think back, we were in the middle of this crazy supply and demand, absolute mess. And then costs were going through the roof anyway. So what originally was bid out at about a hundred grand or right abouts there ended up being like 135 grand, you know, or whatever it was. And so, you know, the Dick's people are like, oh, well, we feel so bad. We just gave this to you, but it cost you 30 grand. And so they came down for that ribbon cutting and uh, and helped helped out with another check to help finish that field. Um, and so we, we're still raising a lot of money. Um, Lyle and his crew are doing a great job funding their own portion of it. But uh, th that's why it was another big deal to have that ribbon cutting, because, you know, that that put everybody in the hole building that field. And uh, the people from Dick showed up again, and they're like, "Hey, we're sorry. <laughs> here's, here's a little, here's a little bit more." So yeah. it was nice. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the Dick Sporting Goods thing uh, because when I first started here at IdahoSports.com, it was like right after girls' state basketball three years ago, and the spring sports were starting. And uh, I did a story about Idaho City. They they were adding baseball and softball for the first time in their school history. And they were mm -hmm. like, Oh man, we don't have any equipment. We don't have any gear. We don't have a place to play. Um, and so the superintendent of the Idaho city schools uh, was like an assistant baseball coach and kind of the main spearhead of getting this put together. And he called Dick's sporting goods and said like, Hey, do you have like coupons or something? <laughs> we, got, we got a lot of, we got a lot of like athletes um, in, in here that we need. Yeah. And he goes, uh, you know, the, the guy in charge was like, Hey, let me get back to you. The, the local dicks guy met, they had their regional meeting and he kind of told the story and everybody in the region thought it was such a cool story. They pooled all of their money together that they had set aside for various community service projects and donated that to Idaho city so they could get all the gear they needed. So, wow. And you hear stories like that quite a bit where, 
you know, communities come together for uh, for the kids, right? Um, and from an administrator standpoint, it is so welcome because at least they get it, right? Because you try to run a program and it sounds like a wonderful idea, but all the programs cost money to run. You know, I mean, you're talking not just uniforms and equipment and travel, um, umpires, officials. I mean, there is so workers for home get all of it costs so much money uh, to run. And if a particular program isn't generating revenue, then that makes makes it very difficult, you know, for the school, for the athletic programs to to, to maintain. And so when you have those kinds of stories, man, it not only do the does the community and the kids love it? We love it too, because that is saving our rear ends big time because we're now trying to find out where we can, where we get our money from. Yeah. Really cool deal. Uh, congratulations on the new field there. Uh, looking forward to seeing lots and lots and lots of games and activities there uh, throughout the coming years. So yeah, here we are spring sports. We're kind of in a normal place now, Scott, finally. Yeah, it seems, it seems like it, you know, and, um, like we talked last week, you know, I was up at the state AD conference in Boise and it seemed like all everybody was doing was rescheduling games. And now it's like, I haven't had to reschedule anything. You know, all I've had to do is figure out how I'm going to get a damn bus here <laughs> to take my team to Coeur d'Alene. And so that was a nice little change as far as like not having to reschedule anything. So um, yeah, it's, you know, you know what? And we're just at that point where, it's getting so late in the spring that we're just going to flip the switch is what's going to happen. We're going to go from crappy weather to the hundred degrees like that. And that's the way it's going to go. And we better get ready for it. Yep. For sure. We'll have a safe trip up to Coeur d'Alene. Good luck this, uh, this weekend at state state speech competition. And uh, I'm still moving to, I haven't moved yet, but as soon as I can sell yeah. this house, I'm in uh, we're, we're moving to Coeur d'Alene. So if you see any cool yeah. houses up there, Scott, you let me know. <laughs> yeah, I'll keep my eye out for you. And uh, too bad you're not already up there. I would just come and stay with you. Bring my team and we'll just crash in your backyard. KOA it all the way. Hey, sounds like a plan. Maybe next time. That so. would save on hotels. <laughs> <laughs> hey, anything we can do to help out, right? <laughs> I appreciate that. I do. Really. Yep. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks everyone for tuning into the Magic Valley PrepCast. For Scott Burton, I'm Brandon Bainey, and we'll see you next time on IdahoSports.com.